In the age of virtual political conventions, President Trump may accept the Republican Party nomination at Gettysburg, which is obviously the site of another great oration by the first Republican president who, like President Trump, had to put down violent insurrections led by Democrats and who had to defend our liberties and to defend our country. The symbolism, so beautiful, totally fitting, CNN is furious. And Pam, we've reported that President Trump is considering delivering his GOP nomination acceptance speech from the White House. But amid some criticism of that potential venue, the president is now floating another one. This time, he's talking about the hallowed Civil War battlefield in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. But that could be controversial, too, particularly because this is a president who has consistently positioned himself as a defender of Confederate symbols and monuments to Confederate generals. Pam? Yeah, that's a fair point to make. That's not a fair point to make. What is it, a defender of Confederate symbols? I guess it's just another way to say he's a Nazi, he's a white supremacist, he's a terrible, awful person. You know who else was a defender of Confederate symbols? Abraham Lincoln, the man who won the Civil War and freed all of the slaves. Because he understood we have to come together as a country. We have to recognize what, what history has done and how it's shaped our country and how we need to unite all as Americans with malice toward none, with charity for all. But the left doesn't want you to understand history. They want to weaponize ignorance. We'll fight back. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. Uh, my favorite comment from yesterday on the YouTubes comes from Mohammed Farouk, who says, as a Muslim, I say good for Mr. MacArthur defying a government that condones peaceful protests, aka riots, and essential services, but doesn't allow the most essential of services. This is the point. Muhammad, you hit the nail on the head. In our material world where the left has convinced us that nothing exists except for flesh and we're all just a bunch of meat puppets kind of walking around, they think that the only essential services are food and water, but man does not live by bread and bread alone. And our civilization, as it grew and flourished, always understood that. And now that we think we're just a bunch of sort of uh, physical objects floating around in space until we turn to worm food, uh, now, obviously, that civilization decays, but we got to get it back. We have to recognize that there is a spiritual dimension of life. We need to protect our civilization, not just our civilization. We got to protect all that stuff, too. Fraudsters are trying to capitalize these days by sending messages through social media and emails, trying to get consumers to fall for a scam that uses Cash App. It seems like there's a new scam every day. This one uh, has messages that offer free money via the Cash App to help them through this difficult time. However, the link in the message is fraudulent, it's malicious, it could steal money and personal information. There are a zillion of these scams out there. Very, very important to protect your data. Every day we put our information at risk on the internet. You can miss certain identity threats by just monitoring your credit. Well, good thing there's LifeLock. These are the guys that I trust. LifeLock. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock can see threats that you might miss on your own. Join right now and you will save up to 25% off your first year. Go to lifelock.com slash Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S. That is lifelock.com slash Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S. Right now, you can't do it too soon. Head on over. So many threats out there. Lifelock.com slash Knowles for 25% off. 
Donald Trump, a defender of Confederate symbols. What does that mean? It means if you don't want to tear down American history, if you don't want to tear down our statues, then you're a defender of Confederate symbols. He's a defender of the country. He's a defender of the country against the actual violent marauders walking around, running around, peacefully rioting and, and uh, harming people and breaking their property and, and tearing down our country. But he's also defending them against the ideological framework that is motivating all of these protesters. And that, you know, you see that in the media, obviously. We just saw that with CNN. You see that uh, all throughout the culture. You see that from Hollywood. But where does it begin? It begins with the educational systems. This is something the left has understood for at least 100 years, and the right hasn't caught up. How essential the educational apparatus is to the left's agenda. And what they're doing, it's not that they're arming the left, you know, future generations with facts, with information about our history. What they're actually arming with them with is ignorance. What they're teaching them is ignorance. There was this crazy study out of the Intercollegiate Studies Institute. This was now 13 years ago. Imagine how much worse it, worse it is now. It looked at students at the top colleges, the, all the elite colleges. It, it was a survey of American civics, politics, history. It showed that graduating seniors were more ignorant about their own country than incoming freshmen. That was the product, was that ignorance. And now the teachers are admitting it. It always comes back to education. There's a teacher, I think it was Matt Walsh found this yesterday. It was, it was kind of going around the internet. Obviously this teacher has since deleted the thread. Matthew R. K., a founding teacher at the Science Leadership Academy, also known as SLA, not that SLA, very different, very bad SLA, I guess, with this teacher. He tweets out, so this fall, virtual class discussions will have many potential spectators, parents, siblings, etc., in the same room. We'll never be quite sure who's overhearing the discourse. What does this do for our equity slash inclusion work? How much have students depended on these somewhat secure barriers of our physical classrooms to encourage vulnerability? Vulnerability. This is getting creepier by the second, right? He's saying, we don't want the parents to hear the, the trash that we're teaching these kids, and we want them to be really vulnerable away from their parents. You want them to be vulnerable? How many of us have installed some version of what happens here stays here to help us? Okay, even creepier. While conversations about race are in my wheelhouse and remain a concern in this no-walls environment, I am most intrigued by the damage that helicopter snowplow parents can do in honest conversations about gender sexuality. Red alert, sirens going off, this creepy teacher doesn't want the parents to hear what he's saying to the kids, especially on issues of sex. And while conservative parents are my chief concern, I know that the damage can come from the left too. If we are engaged in the messy work of destabilizing a kid's racism or homophobia or transphobia, how much do we want their classmates' parents piling on? This guy is going to manage to get me to vote for the COVID lockdowns. I've been, as you know, I've been pretty anti-lockdown. I don't think there's any scientific reason to have the lockdowns anymore or to force people to wear the masks all the time. We'll get into the science of that later because, because it's a day that ends in why there's more science coming out to defend our position on this and to oppose the left position. But now I'm sort of rooting for the lockdowns because the lockdowns are keeping the kids out of these schools, these, these modern day liberal madrasas, and out of the hands of these teachers who are preying on kids and preying on, on separating kids from their parents. 
Education is the issue here. And the left knows that education, it doesn't start when you enter college. It's much earlier than that. It's why the left, one, it does want to force kids into college so that they have a little bit more time to be indoctrinated in the state ideology. But it wants to start them earlier, too. Now public schools have pre-K. When I was a kid, I didn't go to pre-K when I was a kid. I started in kindergarten. And when my father was a kid, he didn't even go to kindergarten. But they keep adding on all these times to keep you out away from your family and spending more time in the public government schools to indoctrinate you in this ideology. We talked yesterday about how you're always going to have some kind of religion. Either it's going to be a traditional religion like Christianity, or it's going to be a, a modern religion like secular leftism. Same thing here. You're, you're going to indoctrinate students one way or the other, because indoctrinate comes from the word docere. It just means to teach. So what are you going to teach them? Are you going to teach them the classics? Are you going to teach them reading, writing, and arithmetic? Are you going to teach them the things that they need to be free people like the liberal arts? Or are you going to teach them a bunch of creepy sex ideology? And are you going to teach them a bunch of racial grievance? And are you going to teach them to become part of the liberal revolution? This has real effects. There was a video that, that was going around the internet yesterday that was, it was shocking in its audacity. You know, we've seen a lot of videos coming out from the riots, the peaceful riots, you know, where people are, are for social justice stealing a pair of Nikes. And one thing about those videos is it's usually onlookers, right? And sometimes there are onlookers who will say, hey, what are you doing? Why are you stealing those sneakers? What, what, I was stealing from Gucci, going to stop police brutality. What made this woman's video a little different is that she was live streaming it herself. She was live streaming herself, committing a crime and looting all, I kid you not, in the name of social justice. Take a listen. How you get all of them? They own this thing right here. Look. They tried to pull it out, but it ain't coming out. I don't know what the so she's, keys at, y'all. She's trying to get the here. keys to they take the, the tags off of the clothing that she's stealing. Hold on. Let me see. Did that say Valentina? That say Godotega. Looking for Valentina. She got good taste, Hold I guess. On. Let me find me some first time. Hold on. You can hear other people kind of breathe. yelling, running around the store. There it is. I can't breathe, she says. I can't breathe. Quoting what George Floyd said, which kicked off all of these riots, allegedly. Now, that, that picture is complicated because what this woman seems to be suggesting is George Floyd said, I can't breathe because uh, Derek Chauvin, the officer, had his knee on George Floyd's neck. But what we saw from the full body cam footage is George Floyd had been yelling, I can't breathe, much earlier, just when he was standing around and refusing arrest. But that's what we're being told. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. If you're going to say that, if you're going to live stream yourself stealing stuff from a department store and laughing about it, talking about how she, you want some more Valentino, what it means is you've imbibed a BS historical narrative. In the modern history, meaning that there's this scourge of racist cops going around hunting innocent black people around the country. That is not happening. There is zero, zero evidence that that is happening, but a lot of people believe that. It means you've imbibed a BS historical narrative that black people have no ability to succeed in America. There's been no improvement. We're basically living in the old terrible slavery days and the founders were racists and they didn't believe all men are created equal and they just, they just launched the revolution. In fact, they just launched it to protect slavery. That lie that the 1619 Project out of the New York Times says, even though even left-wing historians admit that's BS. It means you've, you've imbibed that fake historical narrative. The other thing it means is you're a criminal with no sense of shame. Is even if you feel like you've been wronged, the 
sort of traditional, good, virtuous understanding of that is I've been wronged and I will suffer and that suffering will be sanctifying and I'm not going to live stream myself stealing a bunch of Gucci shoes. There's nothing honorable or noble about that and laughing and yelling and taking other people's property. But if you have no education, don't forget education isn't just facts that go in your head. It's not just learning how to do basic arithmetic and learning about history, which is one damn fact after another. Education is about the whole person. It's, it's how you behave. It's how you're raised. He wasn't raised right. He was raised right. It's having good manners. I mean, if you just think even in the Latin languages, the, the word educate also means like your behavior. It means you obviously were not raised right. And then the third thing, and this is the essential one for our political situation, if you're, if you're filming yourself doing that, it means you have no fear of punishment. Zero fear. You're flaunting it in people's faces. Think about this. If, if, if a regular old vandal wants to go in and mess up some property or maybe, maybe steal something from a store, he does it surreptitiously. He hides it. He conceals it, right? He doesn't want to get caught because there are consequences. Now, we see the left encouraging this kind of thing. And this woman, imbibing that, realizes she's not going to get in trouble. So she just, she just steals outright. All of that is based on poor education. You can blame a lot of other factors too and bad politicians and yada, yada, yada. But it boils down to bad education. What are we going to do about that? Bad education doesn't just happen on the extreme activist side, you know, of the, of the people on the front lines and the left. It doesn't just have to do with Black Lives Matter or anything else. It pervades the entire liberal establishment. There's this guy, John Fugelsang. You know, John, John Fugelsang was an actor, and I think now he hosts a serious radio TV show. S-I-R-I-U-S, not S-E-O. It's not serious. It's on serious. And uh, he and I have kind of sparred every now and again at some events, Politicon. John Fugelsang said one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. And he has a habit of doing this, particularly on the topic of Christianity. But he got caught doing it yesterday, and it shows you kind of the, the circular firing squad of the left. John Fugelsang, he's kind of known for tweeting out bad Bible takes. He just, his whole, his whole shtick is shaming people for being Christian and supporting Republican candidates. And he has this, he has this theory that the Bible supports abortion, which obviously it does not. And he it regularly exhibits his ignorance on this topic, but, but that's the whole shtick. It's not, it doesn't really have anything to do with the Bible. He, he just wants to make a mockery of conservative Christians and uh, the, his followers who know even less about the Bible than he does go along with this. So he tweets out yesterday, he goes, the only white people in the Bible are the ones who executed Jesus. Ha <laughs> zing, you got him. Uh, but as, as you might imagine, this uh, attracted a, a lot of controversy because it's, it sounds kind of anti-Semitic, doesn't it? You know, we, we know that the Jewish high priests, the Sanhedrin, were the ones who came over and were trying, trying to get Jesus, you know, trying to get him. And then they delivered him up to the Romans and the Romans eventually executed him. But for a lot of people, both on the, on the left and, uh, and on the right, uh, they, they took this to be an anti-Semitic remark. And John Fugelsang followed up. He said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I honestly thought everyone would understand this to be the Romans. I underestimated how many people still blame the Jews, which is how the Romans wanted it. So he's saying, no, no, I would never exhibit ignorant bigotry against Jews. I meant to exhibit ignorant bigotry against Italians. 
but it actually does come down from biblical illiteracy and historical illiteracy. He then came after the Daily Wire for some reason. I don't know why. He said, since the revoltingly fake Christians of the Daily Wire are using this quote for angry right-wing white guy crack. White guy's terrible, by the way. White guy, they're the worst people on earth. Every other person is way better because of their race and sex, but white guy's horrible. It's worth pointing out that anti-Semites have always blamed exclusively the Jews for Jesus' execution. I mentioned this tweet because... There's this funny thing that the left does, which is the left will say, and you'll no notice it sometime. They, they do this often. They'll say, Christianity is terrible. It's stupid. It's foolish. It's the cause of, of the greatest evil in the world. It led to colonialism and thisism and thatism. And also, you guys are a bunch of fake Christians. If, if Christianity is as bad as you say, isn't it, isn't it better to be a fake Christian than a real Christian? They try to hit you for both things at once. This is something that has been a, a, a consistent attack on the church from the very beginning. It's one of the great arguments for why the church is the church is they, they'll hit you for both sides. They'll say, the church is too ascetic, and they'll say the church is too luxurious, right? Or they'll, say, they'll kind of hit you from both angles. And so this one, they say, Christianity is so terrible. And also, it'd be so much better if you were a real Christian, not a fake Christian. And uh, then he follows it up, and he says, just remember, it's not possible to follow both Trump and Jesus Anyone who says you can has read neither of their books, but um, America's where the right wing got Christians to vote against all the actual teachings of Christ by screaming about abortion, which Christ doesn't mention. Of course, Christ does mention that. He, he makes it quite clear it's, it's wrong to murder babies, uh, but that's neither here nor there. What it shows you is a couple things. One, it shows you that there is this alternate religion of the left, right? The le they, we know that religion is fundamental to people, so they've got to set up kind of their own separate religion that is a contender against Christianity. But it shows you the role of ignorance. Anybody who's ever cracked open the spine of a Bible knows that this guy is completely full of it. But how many people have cracked open the spine of a Bible? How many people even, you're not even allowed to read the Bible in schools. It's the, it's the essential book of Western civilization. You can read a bunch of stupid postmodern novels, but you can't read the Bible. That's the problem. It didn't happen by accident. This is part of a wider plan. We'll get into that plan first, though. I got to thank our friends over at Rock Auto. You know how much I love Rock Auto. Speaking of ignorance, I will confess to some ignorance. I don't know that much about cars. That's why it's very easy when something goes wrong in my car for unscrupulous car part salesmen to, uh, to pull one over on me. You know, you go into the brick and mortar store, you say, I don't got this problem with my car. And they'll say, okay, yeah, well, yeah, we don't have the part in stock, but we got to go online. They go online, they probably go to rockauto.com, and then they just charge you twice as much. Well, don't do that. You don't need to do that. Rockauto.com makes it so easy. Their website is so simple, intuitive, easy to navigate, that even I can do it, which is pretty shocking. They've also, they've been a family business serving online auto parts customers for 20 years. That's about as long as online has existed. They've been in, they always offer reliably low prices and the prices are the same for the professionals and the do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Head on over to rockauto.com. Right now, you can see all the parts available for your car or truck. And then most importantly, write Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. That is rockauto.com. The left perverts history. The left perverts religion. And then where do these intersect? The left perverts science. We were talking about this a little bit, I think, last week, how very, very directly, especially from the progressive era onward, one way that the left has gained control and the progressives have gained control is 
they've, they've changed science and history. And so science now has a capital S and a trademark over the E, and it's, it's always settled, and it's always whatever they say. And you know, they've also then applied that to history. And they say there's a science of history. Once you know the science of history, you know how history is going to end. You know if you're on the right or the wrong side of history. There's a science to politics. We're no longer debating the eternal questions about justice and equality and liberty. Nope, sorry, you don't get any control over that anymore. We're going to outsource your whole your politics to the scientists and the white lab coats. They're going to run our lives for us. It'll be totally fine. We're going to have the social sciences. They're going to tell you how to spend your money, how to live, what sort of social relations to be in. And it's all just science, science science, science. Of course, it's not really science in the, in the classical sense of that term. It's just whatever they want in their political views while they tell you to shut up. Sometimes they tell you to uh, be even more intimidated than just shutting up. Sometimes they threaten to murder you, which is what a Nashville city council member just did. Sharon Hurt, who is an at-large member of the Nashville Metro Council, says that if you don't wear the mask, you know, wear the damn mask. If you don't wear the mask, you should be tried for murder. If Mike uh, Jameson could be the one to answer the question. But my concern is, you know, I work for an organization that if they pass a virus, then they are tried for uh, murder or attempted murder if they are not told. And this person who may very well pass this virus that's out in the air because they're not wearing a mask is basically doing the same thing to someone who contracts it and dies from it. Makes perfect sense, right? If you, we know from science, if you don't wear the mask, then you are spreading the virus. Because the mask is not to protect you. I know early on they said it was to protect you, but then they changed their minds. The mask is to protect everyone else. And I know the masks, you know, they're not that effective, but, but, but now maybe they are effective. And I know early on they told you, don't wear them. Please do not wear them. Now they're telling you, you have to wear them. But regardless, now where we are, because of science, we know with 100% certainty that you are murdering people if you don't wear the mask. Even though the virus has a, what, 99.7% survival rate, something like that. At least very, very, very high 90s, right? Even at the most dire, dire views of it. Still, you're murdering people. Is that right? Is that how it works? No, the science, the real science doesn't show that at all. Actually, the real science shows what I have been saying for many months now, which is the masks are extremely dumb. And worse than being dumb, they are a political symbol that is being used to shape and control the way that politically we think about this thing. New study published in Science Advances was was testing how the masks affect the droplet transmission rate. So, you know, the masks aren't controlling all the way that the virus could be transmitted, but we're talking about droplets. You know, when you speak, if you speak like a Shakespearean actor, if you're very plosive on your peas, sometimes a little bit of spittle comes out, little droplets. And so the argument for the masks is, well, it doesn't stop everything, but it does stop some of these little droplets. Okay, well, does it? How, what, what is the effect of the masks on the droplets? Well, it turns out that, you know, if you could, if you had a 90% transmission rate with the mask, that means that it's reducing it by 10%, right? Or 50%, it's reducing the droplet transmission by 50%. Or if it were 10%, right, it's reducing it by 90%. So for uh, some of these masks, how does it, how does it work out? For the uh, neck gaiter mask, 
You know, it's the one where people kind of wear it around their neck and then they just pull it up over their nose. The uh, droplet transmission is 110%. It's 10% higher than not wearing a mask. It transmits the virus more aggressively than if you just didn't wear the stupid mask. How about face shields? You, have you, I don't know if you've noticed, if you go to dinner at all, depending on what city you're in, some, sometimes you'll see the servers wearing face shields, like their, their Boba Fett in Star Wars, or like there's some kind of space creature. So they'll put the shields on, maybe like they're welding or something. And you say, I don't think that those shields are doing anything now. Well, according to the CDC, we're all right. CDC does not recommend using uh, these face shields because they don't actually stop the spread of anything. How about all the, how about the most popular mask? Probably the, other than those blue ones, which we already know don't do very much, the masks that came out right away, they go across your whole face and they have a little vent in here so that you're not totally suffocating yourself. What about those? Well, according to the CDC, they uh, don't do anything at all. <laughs> if your mask has an exhalation valve or vent, they don't do anything at all. We don't know if they may increase transmission, we just don't know. They certainly don't help it. That's the science. I'm sure the science is going to change again in the next couple of days. But in the meantime, pay attention to what's really going on because I don't think that anybody is going to react to those studies by saying, okay, I guess we don't need to worry about the masks so much. No, they're going to double down. Because that's been the point from the beginning, because as was true of the progressives 100 years ago, is true today. This is not about science at all. This is about politics. And what the left is doing is weaponizing ignorance. The most egregious example of this went all the way to New York. You remember Andrew Cuomo in New York. He's, he's being hailed as the great leader on coronavirus, even though he handled it worse than any governor in the country. His state then got hit worse than any governor in the country. He then took a bunch of sick people and sent them into nursing homes, which house the only group that is seriously susceptible to coronavirus, and thousands and thousands of senior citizens died because of his stupid policies. Well, this might prompt people to say, hmm, maybe we should investigate what happened with those policies, how those policies came to be, why they led to the death of thousands of senior citizens. Andrew Cuomo, he doesn't think that's such a good idea. You know, so much for free inquiry, so much for the advance of the sciences, for the advance of the academy. Now, nah, Andrew Cuomo wants to put a lid on that. We'll get into that in one second. And then we'll get into the final political point of it all. The left now, more openly than ever, is trying to steal this election. We'll get into how they're doing it. First, though, got to thank our friends over at Liquid IV. You know, some people are athletes, and so they sweat a lot because they go running or playing football. I don't know what they do. Some of us, though, we prefer to maybe we stay out a little bit late. Maybe we have a couple of uh, adult beverages with our friends. Either way, you got to stay hydrated. All the you got to stay hydrated just generally, just in your regular day-to-day -day life. People don't get enough water. Okay, well, Liquid IV is the wonderful popular hydration drink mix. They've launched their newest line, Energy Multiplier. With roughly 100 milligrams of clean caffeine, it is the perfect coffee replacement and an all-natural alternative to processed energy drinks for a sustained energy boost throughout the day. Half of Americans report that they struggle not just with dehydration, but with daily fatigue. Some signs of that include decreased focus, lack of motivation, poor mood, unhappiness. With Liquid IV Energy Multiplier, you can take your day to the next level. The boost you'd get from one or two cups of coffee without the crash. Contains a mixture of matcha, guayuza, and ginger that is high in antioxidants that helps to improve mood and focus, and it's a healthy alternative to traditional energy drinks and coffee. No artificial flavors or preservatives. I, I really love these guys. Uh, Liquid IV totally works. It's available nationwide at Costco, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code MICHAEL at checkout. 
25% off anything you order when you use promo code Michael at liquidiv.com. Start fueling your adventures today at liquidiv.com, promo code Michael. Andrew Cuomo does not like the idea of an investigation into what happened at these nursing homes. A reporter asked him, State lawmakers today are investigating COVID-19 in nursing homes. There was some criticism for the state health commissioner for not appearing before the panel, so the state health commissioner totally, totally stonewalling them as well. Uh, would you support an independent investigation in order to bridge some of this mutual suspicion about partisanship getting into a better public understanding of what happened in these home facilities, and, uh, group home facilities and nursing homes? And Cuomo, we can't find the video, so I'll just have to do my Cuomo impression. Try to, try to imagine I look like a bulldog. He goes, no, I wouldn't do an investigation, whether or not it's political. Everybody can make that decision for themselves. I think you'd have to be blind to realize it's not political. Nothing to see here, folks. Nothing to see here. Now, obviously, he's just trying to turn people away from his own egregious failures, bloody, bloody failures on this issue. But what he said here is, is something that, that actually gets to the heart of how the left perverts education. He says, no, I don't want an investigation. I don't want people to look at the facts. I think everybody can make that decision for themselves. We so often hear this in education. We hear kids shouldn't have content-based learning. They should learn to come to conclusions for themselves. But you can't, <laughs> you can't come to conclusions in education unless you learn stuff. I remember this was true even when I was going through school. You would always hear, look, you don't need to learn facts. Just learn broad themes. Just learn broad patterns. But you, you might realize you can't learn a pattern unless you know the individual parts that make up the pattern. You need to know the individual dots before you can figure out what connects them. But what the left says is, no, 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 don't learn the facts. They say, oh, who needs the facts? You have Google, you don't need facts. You have the internet, you don't need facts. Just learn that, well, what is the pattern? What is the theme? It is the narrative that they want to impose on history, on culture, on religion, on whatever. That's the lie. I mean, what, what Cuomo is saying here, he's using a trick that is tried and true. It's 100 years old at least. Cover up the particulars. Don't let people form their own conclusions. He's saying let them form their own conclusions, and then he's taking away the only mechanism they would have to do such a thing. Speaking of conclusions, we're in an election year. We're all debating over how and when people are going to vote. But what about the conclusion on election night? Are we going to get it? Unfortunately, our election commissioner says probably not. We'll get to that. We'll get to some people finally waking up at a walkaway rally in Beverly Hills. We'll get to so much more. But first, I got to thank you. I got to thank you for heading on over to the Michael Knowles Show YouTube channel. I'm glad that you go to the Daily Wire YouTube channel. It's fine to give Ben the clicks. Better, however, to go to the Michael Knowles Show one. Uh, we've got a great interview with Eric Metaxas up there. We've got exclusive videos like the best and of the worst TikTok so that you will know exactly why Trump promptly banned and deleted it. Also, All Access. That's our exclusive membership tier. Uh, it, the all access membership tier is great. We, we form friendships, you know, we're able to talk to people in the all access show. Uh, right now you'll get not one, but two leftist tears tumblers with your membership. You'll also get exclusive access to some products that will only be available to all access. We just had a baseball bat with the daily wire logo blazoned on it. It was a limited run. It sold out only to all access it sold out in 48 hours. I was not even able to get one, which is very frustrating, but uh, head on over right now. You go to dailywire.com slash Knowles. You'll get 20% off all access with coupon code ACCESS, dailywire.com slash Knowles, coupon code ACCESS, to get 25, 20% rather, not 25, don't get greedy, 20% off your membership. We'll be back with a lot more.
we're in this election. I hope it's an election. I hope it's free and fair. That's our tradition in America, but this might not be. You know, the left hates transparency. You heard it right at the top. That public school teacher says, no, we don't know. Now with online learning, parents might learn what we're teaching their kids. We can't have any of that. Andrew Cuomo says, no, we can't have any investigation into why my policies led to thousands of senior citizens dying. And now we're not getting transparency on our election. This is why the left loves mail-in voting. When you've got an election day and a ballot location, then you get a lot of election watchers and they show up for ballot security to make sure Democrats don't pull the kind of tricks that they've been pulling for a very long time. Mail-in voting, you don't get that. It's any day, you send it in, maybe it gets lost in the mail. We we played an experiment on this show uh, just last week where some 3% of ballots got lost in the mail when a news organization tried it. The left loves this. But even if mail-in ballots work perfectly, People still aren't going to postmark it by the date that they have to postmark it before. They're not going to postmark it two weeks before the election. So what that means is if 100 million people vote by mail-in ballot, there's a very good chance that on election night, we're not going to have any idea who won. Let me just tell everybody we're all going to need to take a deep breath and be patient this year because, you know, the, the, there's a substantial chance we are not going to know on election night mm-hmm. what the results are, for, possibly for the presidency, but maybe for many other races that are important to people. And that's OK. If it takes a little bit longer to count all the votes accurately, that's what we need to do in order to ensure that everyone's vote counts. That's Federal Election Commissioner Ellen Weintraub. And it is not okay. It's not okay that we're not going to find out who the winner is on election night. It's not okay that there will be permitted now lots of shenanigans behind the scenes. It's not okay that people are not going to show up to the polling station where we can watch with transparency these kind of elections. It's not okay that you you don't have to even show an ID to show that you're even eligible to vote. It's not okay. It is a con. It is a scam. It is an attempt to steal our election by corrupt Democrats. That's what it is, plain and simple. And unfortunately, some Republicans haven't pushed back enough against the mail-in voting. Why can't they push back enough, hard enough? Look, there's always been some mail-in voting, absentee, maybe you're traveling. But in that limited number, it doesn't swing elections. It's not as rife for abuse, even though it does get abused. Why can't Republicans push back against the widespread national mail-in ballots? Because we haven't pushed back hard enough against the lockdowns. Why haven't we pushed down hard enough against the lockdowns? Because we haven't pushed back hard enough against the BS science narrative that changes its mind every five seconds on the virus and doesn't even admit of new facts. It's in these early small things that you see the rot. And Republicans, conservatives, we don't get that. We only want to fight on the big issues. We don't realize how the seeds of this destruction are planted very early. You can see that obviously in the last five, six months for the coronavirus, but you can also see that with our education system. We all want to fight the political battles. We all want to fight at the battle box. We all want to donate to campaigns. We might even donate to some organizations that try to convince people of things, you know, activist organizations. We don't realize, though, that whole generations have already been formed by the time we talk to them. They're already formed in kindergarten, first grade, second grade, pre-K, fifth grade. They go all the way up to 12th grade. Then they'll go through college. They've already been formed. That's where the battle has to begin. Otherwise, we're going to get to the point where when we start trying to talk to people once they've graduated college or in college, 
It's too late. We want to start fighting this voter fraud now. It's too late. We've already lost that. Now, some people, the one consolation here, we sometimes talk about how the conservative consolation is that reality reasserts itself in the end. Well, reality is for some people reasserting itself. There was a walkaway rally in Beverly Hills. Walkaway rallies, the whole walkaway movement is this idea that the various identity groups that have been divvied up by the left are kind of waking up to the con and saying, wait a second, the left, the Democrats don't really support my interests. So they're going to walk away and they're going to vote for Republicans. So there was some woke white liberal guy who was scolding some black woman about how it's against her racial or gender interests to vote for Republicans. And this woman, I don't know her name, but she let him have it. My life matters. I don't need your privilege to tell me or to justify who I am in America. This is my country. This is my name. Love her, totally love her, want her to run for mayor of LA or Beverly Hills or whatever. She gets it right down to the bottom. So this, this white liberal kid is talking about how great Black Lives Matter is. She goes, you don't know anything about Black Lives or Black Lives Matter for that matter. Black Lives Matter is terrible for black people. Black Lives Matter is terrible for a great many reasons, but in particular, because it wants to subvert the family. It's very bad for black men and if you're supporting the destruction of the black family, then you're, you're as bad as anybody. <laughs> you're totally destroying black lives. She gets two things here that the, the left is relying on to divvy up the country and gain more power. One is the left wants diversity. So they push this ridiculous line, diversity is our strength. And what they mean by diversity is truly division. They want people to feel totally separated. Diversity, in that sense, is not our strength. Unity is our strength. There's an older idea in America called a pluribus unum, out of many, one, that we all come together. There's the idea of the melting pot, which developed in the 20th century. The idea that we all come together from, maybe from different places, but we all melt together into an American culture. We are united. We we, maybe we don't look the same, maybe we don't do exactly the same things, but we do have an American unity. We've got to come together. That's the only way to fight leftist politics. Some conservatives, maybe they're well-meaning, but certainly they're naive. They think we can beat the left on identity politics grounds. They think that we'll be able to, to claim identity group loyalty to us. So, so they'll do it. They do it often with black people. They'll say, Democrats say that black people must vote for Democrats, but we say black people must vote for Republicans. Or they'll say, gay, gay people, Democrats aren't representing your interests. We are. Vote for us, gay people. It's actually missing the point. The point is, we are Americans. We're all Americans. You should vote for the party that supports America, not the party that burns the American flag and tears down statues of George Washington. But we are all Americans. This woman says it. She goes, this is my country. Oh, Democrats, they get so angry. They get furious when their pet identity politics groups acknowledge that America is their country, feel loyalty 
and gratitude for America. They don't like that, but it's true. This is our country. Altogether, you should vote for the party that supports the country, not the party that wants to tear the country down. And then what she realizes is the importance of institutions, not just starting at the level of the federal government, not just the state, not just the municipal government, not even just the voluntary associations, the family. The family. The building block of society, the only thing between you and a tyrannical government, the family. It's not, some people think that the basic building block of society is the atomized individual. Some people think it's the collective overall. Those are two sides of the same coin. The left can only gather you up into one collective once they've split you up from all of your institutions, most importantly the family, into atomized individuals. That's what, how communism operates. That's how fascism operates. Fascism literally comes from the description of the bundle of sticks. that They're all separate and then they're bounded together in the state. The family is what will protect you. This woman gets it. We should all get it too. Some people realize in our government, even, uh, the, the activists, I understand, regular old people, they, they get it much better than most politicians. But there are some politicians who understand what's going on too. Attorney General Bill Barr, the honey badger, as Senator Cruz once dubbed him on our show Verdict. Bill Barr was driving by in a car and saw a bunch of pro-cop protesters. He tells the driver, turn around, gets out of the car, starts shaking everybody's hand. There he is. They're waving American flags. Signs that say back the blue. Keep up the good work, Attorney General. They're so happy to see him. They don't hate him. They're not throwing frozen water bottles or Molotov cocktails at him. You did wonderful on your testimony. It was spectacular, I thought. Just good Americans thanking another good American, waving the American flag. These days, it does your heart good. That is a great image. You know, yesterday we played that, that mayor of Portland who, who was yelling at Ted Wheeler. He was, he was yelling at the protesters because he said, you're giving the Trump campaign B-roll footage for their campaign ads. B-roll footage. Right? He's saying, no, you're, the Trump campaign is now going to exploit what you are doing. He's just going to show people what you're doing and that's going to help him win elections. Well, that sort of thing does help because no matter how how much people have been indoctrinated, perverted in this idea of uh, how to think about their country, how to think about their history, how to think about religion, how to think about our relationship to one another. We can still see reality, right? You, these images still crop up in the end. And when you look at a country that is on fire, literally on fire, where everything we've cherished is being torn down, and then you look at a country of nice smiling people waving the American flag, thanking everyone, coming together, you look at a country of a woman saying, I want, I want my family. I want my country. That is much more appealing. That appeals to us on a base level. We no longer know why that's appealing. Because the left has weaponized ignorance for 100 years. But it, does, it is still appealing. And it is incumbent on us, by the way, not just to leave it at that sentimental feeling. Not even just to go out and vote for politicians who encourage that sentimental feeling. We must educate ourselves. It's amazing how people who, even if they think they got some elite education, they, they probably didn't. They probably haven't read The Federalist. You know, the reason right now that I'm in, I'm not in the studio, I'm, I'm down, further down in Southern California, is because I'm participating in the Claremont Fellowship, the Lincoln Fellowship, 
to go back through our founding documents, to go back through the history of our country, figure out what happened, figure out what it means, figure out what has been covered up. A lot of this stuff would have been basic education 50 years ago. But now, not even people who go to fancy schools get this kind of thing. It's frankly, especially people who go to fancy schools don't get this kind of education. It is incumbent on us because what the left is relying on is a sort of weaponized ignorance. And some people, some, I'll, I'll leave you on this note, some people can school the left, uh, even at the political level. We were talking about Ted Wheeler, who's upset about the, the riots in Portland being used in Trump campaign ads. Kaylee McEnany called him out for it. For the, our national heartthrob, Kaylee McEnany, from the White House press briefing. Take a listen. Finally, one thing I want to leave you guys with is that 18 days ago, Mayor Ted Wheeler tweeted, what I saw last night in Portland was powerful in many ways. I listened, heard, and stood with protesters, and I saw what it means when the federal government unleashes paramilitary forces against its own people. Uh, he, in fact, called our federal agents paramilitary forces. And around this same time, our federal officers were facing rioters, barricading officers inside the courthouse, trapping officers inside launching of commercial-grade fireworks. A federal agent's hand was impaled by planted nails. Three officers were likely, uh, were at least temporarily, I should say, um, blinded when a laser uh, was put in their eyes. This has been an ongoing tactic by the rioters. Um, that was 18 days ago when Mayor Wheeler stood with the rioters um, and against the, quote, paramilitary forces. Um, but just four days ago, it appears Mayor Wheeler had a change of heart. It took him 73 days, I, I suppose, to come up with that realization took him a long time. It was only once those videos went viral, once people saw what was really happening, that Wheeler started to push back a little bit. He thought the violence would help him politically. It would intimidate people. It would, it would force people into allowing the left to run roughshod over their cities. But then people started to see it. That's the key here. We are never going to match the left on passion and emotion and insults and screaming and hysteria. We're not going to, ma- we're outmatched, okay? They are the varsity athletes of that. They are Olympians at shrieking and hysteria. But where we can beat them, where we must beat them, is showing people what's really happening right now, what really happened in 1776, what happened before that, what happened all the way in between. The, the way we will fight back is giving people the facts. And I think when the facts are out on the table, we're going we're gonna to look very good, not just in November, but we'll have a real shot in the future. That's our show. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. See you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, and frankly, even if you didn't, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Klavan Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Supervising producers, Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Technical producer, Austin Stevens. Assistant director, Pavel Widowski. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Audio mixer, Robin Fenderson. Hair and makeup, Nika Geneva. Production assistant, Ryan Love. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. If you prefer facts over feelings, aren't offended by the brutal truth, and you can still laugh at the insanity filling our national news cycle, well, tune in to The Ben Shapiro Show. We'll get a whole lot of that and much more. See you there. Mm-hmm.